when's a win kind of not a win when you struggle to put away a team like Maine on today's show, Mitch and I are going to talk about the Eagles a game that was close at times and not close at other times and everything that happened in today's win. The first game, uh, first win of the season for Boston college. You are locked on Boston college, your daily podcast on the Boston college Eagles, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. All right, locked on BC, AJ Black here. Boston College, they get their first win of the season, defeating Maine 38-17. A game that was uh, oddly close until the very end. You know, the Black Bears kind of stuck around, had some nice passes from their quarterback, and was able to uh, force BC into some terrible field goal field goal attempts that uh, did not go well. We're going to get into all of that today. And as always, after games, I'm joined by Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? Good to be one and two. It's better than being zero and three. I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> and there's some teams out there that are are, are at zero. There's and even three. you could even be a New Mexico State fan and be zero and four. Uh, that takes that. That's some special talent. Mm-hmm. It, they, they're gonna have to dig out from Doug Martin and Frank Spaziani for a couple of years before they figure that stuff out. But yeah. All right, let's go. Let's look at this game. There was definitely some concerns. Still, clearly. Uh, but there was also some positives. Let's 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 go with the uh, the the Pollyanna view here and, and look at some of the positives that happened in this game. I have to say, for the most part, I know it's Maine, and this is always I'm going to preface everything I say with this was Maine. So if I say something you don't agree with me later on, and I don't mention it, just just add because this is Maine to everything I said, and, and you get that point. But I thought the pass blocking was improved. It definitely improved down the stretch. You could see the offensive line kind of gelling together. There was one up and I think it was on one of the big passes, one of the 50 yard passes where they really handled a stunt. Well, and like you said, it is Maine, but that's something they couldn't do the last two weeks. And they kind of figured it out this week. You know, I think they, they allowed three sacks. Um, I'm pretty sure two of them were in the first half. There was only one in the second half. And I think it was on a third down where Phil was kind of stepping up, trying to scramble. So, you know, you could kind of chalk that one up to more of being a, a scramble play. So maybe it's not as bad. I mean, snap or snap sack on the first play was obviously not great. The next one I know was on a third down. Um, so, you know, Phil's trying to hold on to the ball, make a play, what have you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought they passed blocked pretty well. You know, Phil had a lot of time to throw, uh, especially as the game went on. That was good to see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that again, it is Maine, but it's nice to see them do something they couldn't do the last few weeks. Speaking of Phil in the pocket, did it seem like to you that he doesn't seem to tuck it and run anymore. He just, yeah, can't. that's, that's definitely the case. Um, I think they really drilled it into, we don't want you getting hurt. So, you know, try to stay in the pocket. Don't run out and scramble unless you absolutely have to, which I think there were times he probably could have. Um, and, or maybe, and maybe some teams are just a little more keyed into not letting him do that to them. So I know okay. they had, they have, they've had some designed runs for him um, in pre in the last two weeks. Uh, they obviously didn't call any of those today. Um, but yeah, I think that's definitely been a a point of of emphasis this year to not have not a scramble much, and ideally it was to protect him. But they need to focus on the offensive line, just pass protecting better in terms of protecting him. And, and then another thing that Mitch and I had talked about, and I think it was in my keys to the game, were turnovers. BC had uh, two in this game, and both of them were down the stretch when they needed them most. Uh, one was a fumble recovery on fourth and one by Josh DeBerry. 
uh, who had an interesting game. We can get into him in a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, and then an interception by Cam Arnold, who has got he's got some motor on him. He was fast running that ball back. Yeah, I think I, I think Bill Maloney, our friend, he tweeted out Cam Arnold's the best running back on this team, which I was like, hey, like I wouldn't hate getting him some two way snaps, kind of like Miles Jack did back in the day for UCLA. They're kind of similar players. Um, yeah, I mean, real, I would say one of those turnovers counted. Um, you know, obviously the Hail Mary interception at the end of the first half. Oh, that's the other really, one I missed too. Doesn't, that doesn't really count. Uh, even the fumble on fourth doesn't really count because they stopped him anyways. So, you know, I, I, I chalked that up to being a good play for the defense to stopping a fourth and one conversion attempt in the red zone. That's a great play. Don't really care about the fumble, but you know, Cam Arnold, you know, like the announcer said, like read that pass all the way, just floated right into the line of sight and picked it off and yeah, had a big return. Ultimately didn't lead to points directly, but you could play it out where gave BC good field position. Uh, they miss the field goal. Maine has bad field position. They punt. BC is still as good field position. Then they get that final score to ice the game away. And it, it was funny because I, I think you've you brought up the term a bunch of times of turnover luck. There, I don't know. Do you consider what happened with Elijah Jones and who was the other one that missed the wide open interception? Oh, um, uh, Blackwell. Blackwell. It was Blackwell and then Jones. Um, no, uh, interceptions are a little different. Um, because <laughs> that looked, but, that- yeah, I mean, Blackwell had a really had a good read on that one. Jones, I mean, the Jones pick six. That's, I mean, like I said, going into the season, like before this season, Elijah Jones didn't have a single interception, so the guy's hands are just bad. There's a reason he's playing corner. Um, so yeah, that that one really sucked for him because you could tell he just saw daylight in front of him, was like, I'm taking this back, and just didn't secure the catch, but um. Yeah, that was kind of a shame. Uh, but yeah, I mean, good to see them get uh, get that turnover when it really mattered. You know, I tweeted that out. You know, BC needs a real turnover here. And then my stream was a few plays behind. So I might have tweeted that out as it happened. Uh, but then Cam Arnold gets that big interception. And that was huge to get the result that happened. All right. Now, if you are listening to this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button right now. We're on our drive to 600 uh, subscribers. We're up to about 510 now. Really want to get to 600 before the start of the basketball season. So hit subscribe right now. Mitch and I are going to do these as many games as we can. Um, I'm going to start. Be, I'm going to start. I'm going to, I think, Louisville and Clemson at home in the next couple of weeks. So I'm not sure what we'll do then, but we'll talk about that later. Now, in a moment, Mitch and I are going to get into some of our concerns because there are definitely some concerns leaving this game and uh, the, the warm, comfy, um, uh, conditions of playing an FCS squad are uh, going going out the window after this week, and we'll get into what those look like. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It's easy to play; you can win cold hard cash in a single game, and it's so much fun. I was playing this uh, for a, uh, for regular Thursday night football, and you pick the over unders for different players. They give you the the number, you pick the over under, and you can win easily up to 10 times on any ticket. So through underdogs pick them's game, you look for your favorite player stats, pick whether you think they will be higher or lower and you can win actually up to 20 times, excuse me, sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and you'll get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars. It's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. All right. So Mitch, uh, you know, this game was close. It, you know, it was a two score game, but Maine was, b- uh, barking on the door, the, you know, they were banging on the door all the way up to the end of this game. It didn't feel like the type of win you want against an FCS squad, like that kind of, you know, going away easy win where you can take out Jakovic. It just seemed like they just kind of hung there and their quarterback, uh, Fagano, Fiano, Fagano, I think it yeah. is. 
Uh, he, he, he's a tough dude. Guy took some big time hits and he kept getting back up and leading them on some big drives. What, what are you, what are your concerns after this game? So, you know, the first, I guess the three games, we kind of see a major failure in the three phases of the game. Uh, first mm-hmm. phase of the game, you, I mean, you kind of argue the offense line failed as well, but you see the defense fail at the end of the game against Virginia Tech. You see the offense fail throughout the game. And in this game, you see the special teams completely fail. So obviously two missed field goals uh, of decreasing distance, you know, Lighten somehow makes the 40 plus yarder and misses the 38 and 29 yarder. And the 29 yarder was the worst miss. One of the worst misses I've ever seen that wasn't blocked. Um, That's very concerning. Um, They need to get Danny Longman off punts. It's time. Um, You know, I, I I get that they bring in Ken Dottie to, you know, have the short punts for more accuracy, Longman only averaged, and I think I, I think they attributed one of Kendati's punts to Longman in the final stats because that was a good punt. You know, they had they were in, you know, pretty good field position, so he had to pin it inside the twenty, which he did. But I mean, Longman's punts are just not getting even. Even putting the shank aside, they're just not getting enough distance. Like it's going up in the area. There's no return. That's nice, but these punts are just not good enough. Like they're giving the offense the other team too good a field position at this point. So they need to make a change there. Um, obviously Maine has that big kick return that sets them up for a touchdown. That's not good. You know, uh, again, I'm not super well-versed in special team strategy and how to, uh, because the film is hard to find. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how you fix that. You know, sometimes things just happen and that's not good and they burn you. Um, so you don't want that to happen as much. That's really the first good kick return we've seen uh bc give up this year so that's maybe this is a one-time thing but you know special teams was just an unmitigated disaster this game yeah it was bad i mean the one positive i would take away from the special teams was that we actually had a punt returner this game that's yeah i'll say that's true the the return game on on the on the bc side is pretty decent you know jalen gill had some nice kick returns uh him and zay had nice punt returns uh william uh, Jaden had one kick return which didn't get past the 20 so that's not great uh, but yeah, I mean, the return game is solid. I don't, I don't think you're really going to see too many incredibly explosive plays on that side. So, but yeah, I mean, the rest of the special teams is just awful. Now the defense, you know, Maine put up 17 points. They had 307 yards, which is not good. Um, is that, I mean, are we, did you leave concerned with how they were playing out there? Or do you just think, you know, Maine was playing with an extra chip on their shoulder and just did well? So I'll, I do want to give some credit to Maine. They came out very hot in this game. Um, they you know, really wanted to be there. They really wanted to give BC their best shot possible. Um, you know, that resulted in some chippy play, which was interesting to see. Um, but I'm not I'm not super concerned with the defense. Again, you, if, if they get put in short field situations, it's a problem. Um, you know, we saw that with the bad punt and then the kick return. They, those are the two drives they allowed points in the first half. So, you know, the, the touchdown... Uh, that they allowed after the, I think that was the bad punt. Or was that the kick return? I can't remember. Anyways, that touchdown they allowed. That's a good throw. Um, you know, they the guy beat Woodbay. That's you know you don't love to see that. That's not good. Um, and then they got the field goal on the other drive. So, you know, you like like Halfley said going into halftime, like they essentially spotted them ten points, which that's I would agree in that estimation. The other drive, you know, Maine puts a drive together. That was just a really good drive from them. You know, they got some great plays on third down from Fiano. Um, you know, the, I said, I tweeted this out, like the, the, the stats don't tell the full story for him. And that's how I looked at it going into the game. Cause his stats weren't that great. Like he didn't complete 50% of his passes. He threw two picks, one of which didn't really matter, but like the dude's a baller. And like, he was playing 
you know, at least a third of this game hurt after getting tackled kind of funky. You know, he was clear his, he was limping on that ankle, but guy was just throwing dimes while getting blasted on, especially on third downs, you know, his receivers made plays. Um, so, you know, I, I don't love to see it obviously, but I'm happy that the defense, you know, did only hold them to one legitimate scoring drive where they had, where they drove the length of the field. And, you know, even on that final touchdown play, you know, I think it was Jones had a, had a beat on the receiver and just kind of got out of position. And then the guy was able to twist at the end zone. So, yep. you know, they, they caught them on some funky plays. Like they had that flea flicker that the guy caught as Fayana was throwing off his back foot and turned that into a big gain. Um, and apparently Randy Moss's kid is on main, which if I, I had not- known that I would have like, even before they shoot change line, I would have absolutely put money on main. If I knew Randy Moss's kid was playing for Maine. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that that I I was surprised with that because he had a son, also another son that played for LSU, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think I he's think on the he's either Amanda. on the Bengals practice squad or on their IR right now. All right, okay, yep, that that is Moss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. So when we're talking about this game, um, one thing that stuck stood out to me um, was was again the struggles of the running game, and the stats I don't think are going to to dictate how ineffective it was at times. But again, it just felt like for a good portion of this game, they were getting negative one yards, negative two yards. Now, Garwo got in, we'll, we'll use the term garbage time. You got a garbage time touchdown for 30 yards that really kind of padded his stats quite nicely. But overall, I just felt like the runs were not there again. Um, and it, so before you get to that, if you're listening to this right now, you have some comments, hit the comment section. Leave us your thoughts. We'll, we'll, Mitch and I will get to them in a moment. So if you have a thought about the game, you know, a, an observation, we'd love to hear about it. Leave it in the comment section. We'll, we'll, we'll address them in a moment. But Mitch, the run game, what was your thoughts on that? So, you know, a lot of tweets were going out about the run game from various outlets. And at this, at, for this game, you can kind of make the statistics from the run game into any narrative you want. So on one hand, BC has 33 rushes for 113, sorry, 111 yards. So that averages out to 3.4 yards per attempt. So, you know, get over 100 yards. That's nice. You get three rushing touchdowns. That's nice. But you only average 3.4 yards per carry. Not so great. But if you take out the sack yardage, so essentially you're looking only at designed runs for BC's offense. That gets you down to 29 carries, 128 yards, which I think is about, it's about a 4.6 yards per carry on average for all the runners. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, I think, I think you saw some good plays from Cam Barfield and Alex Broom, you know, being able to, you know, get through some pretty small gaps in the line and, you know, make some plays it get into the second level. I really was impressed by Alex Broom again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pat Garwo did get going. And like, once the game wore down, you kind of, like I said, you know, he's kind of like that volume shooter guy who just, the more carries you give him, the better he gets because the defense wears down. Again, there were plenty of times where the blocking just wasn't there and they got tackled for loss. And so with Garwo, like you, again, you can kind of make whatever argument you want. So right side, 17 carries, 78 yards, two touchdowns, 4.6 yards per carry. Great. Problem is you take that 30 yard run at the end of the game away. You get 16 carries for 48 yards, exactly three yards a carry. So again, not ideal. So this is, it's kind of whatever narrative you want to fill. I I think that you did see better plays from the offensive line, both when they were running zone schemes, when they were running gap schemes, you know, just abilities to get where they needed to go and properly block their man. Now, again, this is Maine, so that is part of it. They're going to naturally better. 
And there were still plenty of plays where they just weren't getting a push whatsoever, especially in the early in the game. So this is still a major concern. You know, hopefully, hope to God they get Ozzy Trevillo back next week. And if not, if I mean, if they don't have him back in time for Clemson, I mean, Phil Dracovic might literally die on the field if because Clemson's <laughs> defensive front is going to kill him if, if Nick Thomas is Nick Thomas, a former preferred walk on going up against Miles Murphy, a possible top five pick in the NFL draft and KJ Henry definitely going to be an NFL player. Sorry, but that's a recipe for death on the field. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 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 a bit of hyperbole, but only a little bit, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I I would not be shocked if like Phil has to leave the game at least once if if Nick Thomas is playing left tackle during mm-hmm. that game. Like he is going to get murdered. But yeah, and I I, I think that's the thing, right? Like I, I wanted to go into this game feeling like the offensive line took a step forward. And I feel like I feel confident that they did. That's yeah. I, I definitely would agree with that because again, like there were still players they were not getting where they weren't getting what they wanted, but there were, I think there were enough plays to be like to show them, Hey, like this is what you need to do to do right. This is good tape. Like keep doing yeah. this. And again, obviously the equality of opponents is going to increase, but like keep doing this and we can, we can work something out because again, like, Again, like I'm still quite impressed with John McNulty's offense. I like some, you know, even like one of the later drives where they had Phil take a deep shot down the sideline on first and 10 when they were backed up in their own ends. And like it didn't work. But, and, you know, Phil was, Phil wasn't perfect in this game as a thrower by any means. But, you know, there does seem to be a general plan and theme to how this offense is being run for the most part. Again, I thought at one point that he kind of devolved into, all right, we're not putting new stuff on tape. They ran a lot of the same plays. But like I tweeted out, the man has a great sense of just when to call a running back screen because the one time he hit, like he hit it against Rutgers for a big game, he hit it uh, in this game once to get them out of a third and long. So I really do like the offense they're creating. Unfortunately, just the offensive line is letting it down. Yeah, and but again, like the, the, what what I've said to to some people, and when I'm talking about this this offensive line, is you can't just snap your fingers and expect them to be good. No. Like that's just not it's not feasible. Like they're not going to magically, you're going to fix something. And all of a sudden it's going to be like, Whoa, the offensive line is back to being great. And you know, or it is great. It, it has to take steps and you have to take baby steps to get to that. And I think that's what they did this, you know, this week they had, you know, was it perfect? No, but was it a disaster? Was Phil on his face through most of the game? No. And that was positive. And he had time to make his, his reads. They saw some stuff with the, the with the, with the running backs and the running game. That step I think is, is so crucial for this offensive line. And again, it's going to be a whole different animal next week when you play against a speed defense, like, like Florida state. Mm-hmm. But um, so this is the first win of the season. And, you know, it's Maine, but if it, it, it's, it's, it's a place to start, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's where BC can kind of build some things off of, off of this win. You know, what, what are your takeaways from this game, Mitch? Like, what are your three big takeaways? My first is that if the offense is going to, if the offensive line is going to get better, like this is, like I said, this is good tape to put out. You know, they, they figured things out in both zone gap pass block. Like, like you could find a number of plays where all the problems they had were, it looked like they improved. And like, like we've said, it is main, but you know, you have to start somewhere, especially after the last two weeks they've had. Uh, So that's my first takeaway is that this offensive line is, I I think this is a step in the right direction. 
Um, you know, and that's really all I can say. Like, at least they didn't take a step backwards against Maine. Um, my second takeaway is probably that like this defense is going to be good, but they, but the offense does need to help them. And right. apparently the special teams also needs to help them by not setting them up in poor situations because, and I, I guess this is kind of, kind of, I won't make this my third takeaway as a cop out, but like, I think this team has its defensive ends of the future in Nito Akpala and Donovan Azaraku, who both had big games. Akpala, not as much, but he drew a hold, which if he hadn't been held, he would have sacked the quarterback and he's made a lot of nice plays uh, the last two yep. weeks. So I'm really impressed by his play. Um, even though those two guys are quite undersized. Um, third takeaway is, you know, this, this team needs to find a way to play a complete game, all three phases of the ball. I'm not sure yeah. it's going to come next week on the road at Florida state. Um, do they, are they home against Louisville after that? Or is that? Yeah, it's, it's uh, at home at Louisville. And at okay. Home so, you know, I think that that Louisville is a game to circle because Louisville is a very difficult team to figure out. They just lost to Florida state, even though Florida state lost their quarterback, their best defensive lineman, actually two of their best defensive linemen. Um, so Louisville is very hard team to figure out. BC gets that game at home. So that's the one like, you know, if they can, by some miracle pull out, pull it out against Florida state. Now that Jordan Travis is probably going to be out. That'd be fantastic. But I, I don't imagine they'll play a complete game next week. You know, maybe against Louisville, you find, maybe you get Ozzy Trapilo back and, you know, you can finally put something together where all three phases play well together. And then you get Clemson after that and you're going to have to put a real miracle there, but you know, maybe you can at least kind of be like, you know, lose that game with grace, if you will. Yeah. And um, the Florida my Rutgers, state- my Rutgers prediction is not looking great, John. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you were, I, I, I said this earlier this week. I'm glad that Mitch saw it before I put it up there. I asked for folks to put stuff in the comment section. It's been kind of quiet out there. Yeah, the first comment we get on the East Coast <laughs> is Rutgers fans. I mean, I, 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 I love the pettiness of these fans because it's what three weeks away ago, and they're they're still in our comment section hammering us with this stuff. It's like I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, we were wrong. You were, you guys were better than us. Congrats. Yep. Yep. So, well, Florida State, it sounds like Jordan Travis is coming back. Um, he tweeted crap. something. During- <laughs> that's not good. Yeah. Good, good for him as a player and everything, but that's not good for the BC defense because, I mean, you know, last year, mobile quarterbacks absolutely shredded them. Um, I, I, they haven't really had the opportunity to play one uh, in terms of one that's going to really going to hurt them on the ground. Uh, so, I mean, if, if Travis is back and he, it seems to be like he's kind of figured it out as a passer this year too. So that could be a real, real bad sign for BC. Yep. Now uh, back to John in our comment section. If, so if you, if you're not, if you're listening, we have a Rutgers fan con- right now chirping at us. We were petty first. No, we actually did analysis of the game and thought things about BC and you just don't agree with it. So you were listening. Yeah, I mean, to a- I, I mean, I, I admit it. Like I was wrong. Like I, I thought BC's offensive line was going to be better. I thought I didn't think Rutgers defensive line was as good. And like, that was just my analysis. So I was wrong. You were right. Sorry. Yep. So thanks for coming by John. And we love having you here. So um, yeah. So Florida state's going to have him back. I don't know what the deal with um, what's it first. The, the tight, the defensive end from uh, Albany uh, Jared verse. And I think it was, uh, I think Fabian love it. The defensive tackle. Who's a really good player. Um, mm. Yeah. There's also a possibility. This game could be a rank game way. Florida state. That's playing. true. I mean, I mean, Florida state is like, they're good. I mean, they've been cursed last few years. Now they've kind of flipped it around. Um, like, I mean, I feel like there's a, I mean, so I guess they played Duquesne, but like, there's a, there's a pretty easily conceivable world where they're one and two going into this game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I saw, I saw some folks tweeting about how, you know, Mike Norvell loses these games in years past and now he's starting to win them. Uh, that, that's all it takes for some coaches, right? Like yeah, I mean, winning those it's happening games. for him. Didn't happen for Scott Frost. Nope. <laughs> uh, all right, Mitch. Well, we're going to wrap this one up because uh, it's 1130 where I'm at and I got a kid probably waking up in about five or six hours. So I need to get some <laughs> sleep. Uh, so where can people follow you on social media? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. All right. And my name's AJ Black. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. I'll be back again tomorrow to talk more about this game, kind of dive in and look at some of the stars and uh, figure out what happened. And we'll, we'll get into that again tomorrow. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.